little under the weather, so just bear with me. I got my cough drops up here. Somebody took one. <laughs> it's okay, I got, I got a whole bag. So why don't you open your Bibles to the book of Romans, chapter 6. And just give me an amen when you're there. All right, we're going to read 4 and 5 for now. It says, uh, For we died and were buried with Christ by baptism, and just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also may live new lives. Say new lives. Since we have been united with him in his death, we will also be raised to life as he was. Let's just read 7 and 8. 7 and 8. For when we died with Christ, we were set free from the power of sin. And since we died with Christ, we know we will also live with him. Amen? All right, so let's just pray. Uh, let's ask God to guide, to guide me, <laughs> to guide all of us, and uh, ask him to speak to us. Father, we thank you. We give you glory and honor, Lord Jesus. We pray tonight, God, that you speak to us. Open our hearts and bless us with your word, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so, yeah, today we're starting a series called Lifestyle, and it's going to be pretty much every day of, that we have service in September. Obviously, this Sunday we have our picnic. Don't worry, we're not going to be preaching to you over there. Um, we will ha be having a good time, amen? So please join us. We're going to have food. I think it's burgers and hot dogs, nothing like an old American meal. And we're going to play kickball, Amen. We, amen? You guys are tired. Maybe on Sunday you, you'll be ready. So this series is intended to teach you certain values that we all as believers should have. Um, when you think of lifestyle, sometimes you think of lifestyle as a to-do list or like behaviors that you need to like accomplish in order to live a certain lifestyle. But as you will find out, it's really about the values that God has placed in your heart and in your spirit that happened when you became a new and living being. Amen? We will be looking at, at the word, but also kind of day-to-day experiences and examples of different kinds of, of topics that we'll be talking about throughout the whole month. And probably, I think, two days out of October, but that's because we have like the picnic and stuff. Um, so here are the topics. If you're writing down notes, it's gonna. The first one is today is the intro, so there's no really a topic. Uh, next Friday, hospitality, and then generosity, and then we're gonna talk about prayer, worship, expression, creativity, sonship or daughtership, and intimacy. We'll end with intimacy. So uh, you're, you're gonna see a lot of speakers, but it's just gonna be amazing. I'm really excited about it. So I got this word this Monday. Uh, me and Santa usually pray. We, we always pray in the morning before I leave to work. Today was one of those days where I just kind of wanted to get to work fast because I was getting out early. So you work five hours and you get to go. So I was like, I, I don't know if we have time to pray, honey. You know, I got to get you know, to work early, but we still prayed. Um, but on Monday, we were praying, and I just felt the presence of God just kind of come in the room like a, like a tangible presence, and he began to just speak to me about what I'm going to speak to you tonight about, and it's really amazing. So the first thing, what we read here in Romans is what it's saying is that we live new lives because of what he has done, 
Amen? How many understand that we have a new life because of what Jesus has done on the cross for us? It's not what we do for Jesus. I mean, we can do stuff, and it's the result, the response of what he has done for us before. So before you can start doing things for Christ, you need to understand how much he has done for you. Amen? Those that that, uh, are forgiven much love much, the Bible says. So when you begin to understand how forgiven you are, how loved you are, how, how he he you know how precious you are to him you can respond with actually living a certain life and and worshiping him and doing stuff for him does that make sense so far it is the power it is the desire of the father for all of us to live a new life for us to have different lives than we had before you see you used to think you were alive until you met jesus christ amen when you met jesus christ you understood that there was a new life in him a life that you never had experienced before. Amen? I know you've heard this stuff before. Many of you grew up in church or have been in church for a while and you understand that Jesus is good and that Jesus has given you a new life. But there's, there's a difference between knowing it and, and really understanding it and living it. So we are a new creation, purpose to live a new life in him. And that's what this lifestyle series is about. What kind of lifestyle do we have in these different areas of our life? What is your lifestyle like? What values do you have? Let me tell you something. You may not think that you have values, or maybe you don't think about them is what I'm trying to say. But everyone has values. You value stuff in your life. You might value family. You might value your time. You might value your rest. Right? We like to sleep in on Saturdays. Amen? So you value these things. Now, now you don't sit there and write them down and make a list like, like we're doing here for church. And you put it up on your wall and say, I value sleeping on Saturday until 3 p.m. That's a lot, by the way. And, uh, but everyone has values. Every family has values. You, again, you may not write them down, you may not list them, but every family have, has certain values. Like, you don't drink the juice or the milk, like finish it, and put the, the, the gallon back in the fridge, right? You may value that in your family. I know I do. You value certain things. You value perhaps eating dinner together as a family. I know that doesn't happen often anymore in our lives, right? especially here in L.A., you may value communication in your family, but you have values. Now, sometimes you, you have negative things that happen in family or in yourself, and you don't know your values because you don't sit there and really think about it. So hopefully with tonight's, you know, teaching, you can kind of learn about values. We have died with Christ. It is no longer us that live but he lives in us. Amen? We now live a life in Christ, and that's a beautiful life. There's nothing like living in Christ. Now, once you start living in Christ, the enemy just begins to attack, right? It's, it's like I'm purposing myself to live for Jesus, and the enemy's like, I'm going to try to stop you at any cost. And so we have to pay attention to those things as well as we go through a life in Christ. Values are, are what are important 
to an individual or to a group. And values should come from the kingdom. Amen? Values should derive from the king. The world, the enemy is trying to give you values also, but our, our values should always come from the king or the kingdom because our king has better values. Amen? Jesus says, let's go to it, Matthew chapter 11. So remember, we have a new life in Christ. As we talk about lifestyle, you got to keep that in mind, that it's a new life in Christ that you live. It's not the old life or it's not trying to live a new life. It's your life in Christ. You died before you came to Christ. You died when you came to Christ, I mean, and you're living a new life. So in Matthew chapter 11, this is kind of like when we get into, into it, in verse 18, Check this out. For John didn't spend his time. He, uh, Jesus is talking about John the Baptist. For John didn't spend his time eating and drinking, and you say he's possessed by a demon. The Son of Man, on the other hand, feasts and drinks, and you say he's a glutton and a drunkard and a friend of tax collectors and other sinners. But wisdom is shown to be right by its results. Say results. Let me read it again. For John didn't spend his time. This is powerful, guys. Eating and drinking. And you say he's possessed by a demon, the son of man. On the other hand, uh, the son of man, on the other hand, feast and drinks. And you say he's a glutton and a drunkard and a friend of tax collectors and other sinners. But wisdom is shown to be right by its results. So Jesus says, John, you know, he did that, and I do this. But when you look at the results, you will find the wisdom that it shows in its, in its results to be right. Was John the Baptist and Jesus any different? They were different in the way that they were looked at. They were different even in the way that they did things, right? So here's John the Baptist. He's like, he's like really different. He's crazy different, right? He's dressed in like a camel's fur. He lives in a cave and once in a while comes out and yells out things and says, repent for the kingdom of God is here, right? And, and he eats locusts. He eats bugs with honey. Can you imagine that diet? He eats bugs. Are you with me? He eats insects and he's crazy and he's, he's different. And so people saw him and they saw, you know, from the outside what looked like someone they thought he's possessed. Amen. Now here's Jesus. Jesus, he's different. He's walking with the people. He's talking with the people. He's eating and drinking. While John is not eating and drinking. He's fasting and praying, and he's in the cave. Now, the, the, they had different ministries. Yes, they had different missions to accomplish, but you know what they had in common? They had the same values in common. What made them the same, what, what he says here, but wisdom is shown to be right by his results, was that they had the same values. God doesn't want you to look like each other. He doesn't want a cookie-cutter Christian that looks the same in the kingdom, that does things the same. He wants you to be different in your own way, but to have the values of the kingdom. 
See, John the Baptist valued prayer and intimacy, for example. Jesus did as well. Now, they did it differently. It doesn't have to always look the same. You don't have to copy the person next to you, but you have to value it in order for it to be a lifestyle in your life. God is not looking for you to be like Mario or for you to be like the person next to you. God is looking for you to be you. In him, though, that you would leave the old life behind, that you would die to the flesh and live in spirit and truth, being guided by the spirit to empower you to live this kind of lifestyle that he wants you to live. Looks can be deceiving. Hey, man, you can look real spiritual at church, right? You can talk a good game. Amen? It's quiet. You, you, you could sound really good and know the Bible really well. But when we look at your lifestyle or my lifestyle, it has to match what we're saying. It has to match what we're talking about. It has to match what Jesus has done in our life. Now, you can fool me. You can fool the person. You can fool mom, dad. You can fool brother, the wife even. I hope you don't. But you can't fool God. And what God, what Jesus is saying is, look, to you it looks like John is possessed. But he's, Jesus said he's the greatest prophet that has ever lived. And to you, I look like a glutton and a drunkard. Maybe he was a little chubby. I'm going to go with that. To you, I, I look like a drunkard and a glutton. But it was the Son of Man. It was the Son of God preaching and healing and teaching the people. Looks can be deceiving, but a lifestyle doesn't lie. Both John and Jesus valued prayer and intimacy. You might value it. In a different way, you might do it in a different way, but you value it just the same as, as they did, as, as I do, as the person next to you does, guided by the Holy Spirit. Sometimes when you think of lifestyle, you think, I got to do more of that, and I got to do less of that, right? How many think like that sometimes? Is it just me? I got to pray more. I got to go to church more. When you do that, what you're saying is you don't see God, you don't see yourself in the kingdom when you say that. You don't see yourself in God when you say that. You, you see yourself as having to do more task. And, and God is not a task master. He is a father. He is a father of children. And he wants to impart his values on you. Lifestyle is created by values. Prayer as a value, not a task. I'm just using prayer as an example. Now, a mandate is different than a task. A mandate is a calling over your life. You all have it. 
what God has called you to do, he will give you, he'll provide for you the everything. If you see prayer as a task, you see it as something you have to do to change your behavior. But we have to value it first. Amen? So let me give you an example. So, you know, there's somebody might say, if you pray for an hour a day, then you're going to be good. You're going to be good to go. Okay, just pray for an hour a day. Right? So there's 24 hours in a day. Right? Amen? Yeah, got it right? Okay. And you sleep probably eight of those hours, right? Maybe seven, I don't know. Let's just say eight, just to be nice. Some of you do 10. Y'all need to wake up. <clears throat> so that's 16 hours left, right? 16 hours left in your day. Let's say you do pray one hour. So now you have 15 hours that are left that you don't talk to God. Because you prayed for an hour. This is what it looks like. I'm just breaking it down. This is how God told me. This is what it looks like when you look at prayer or any lifestyle or any value as a task. You see it as a list of things that you have to do. When you look at prayer as a value, it becomes a lifestyle. And you talk to God all day. Amen? Now, that doesn't mean you shouldn't have your time of devotion, your time of, you know, intimacy with God, right? It doesn't mean that. But it doesn't mean that if I have it, I disconnect and I'm, okay, I'm good. I'm good to go. That is not a lifestyle of prayer. (sighs) Lifestyle says, I value prayer connection because he's my father. I will talk to him constantly. Amen? If you are constantly talking to God, then you're creating a lifestyle. This is just an example with prayer. So anytime you hear yourself, I need to pray more. <laughs> I've, bless you. I've asked that before. Right? I've said that before. Have you? I've said that. I need to pray more. What, what we're doing is because... In a sense, we've lost some sort of communication with God because we haven't been communicating with him. We'll, uh, we think that if I do more, then I'll create a lifestyle. What God wants is for us to value that thing that's a prayer or worship or, or generosity, to value it, and from the value for it to become a lifestyle. Does that make sense to you? You can't have a lifestyle of something if you don't value it. Amen? If you don't value, for example, worship, you won't, ha- you won't be able to have a lifestyle of worship. But what I'm trying to tell you is that those values are in you. They're in you by the Holy Spirit. They're in you because you're in the kingdom. Amen? And because you're in the kingdom, there's these values that you have. You have the heart of God. You know what he values. So it's in you. And that when you sit there and you say, man, I truly value worship. And you say, God, like I know that that I haven't talked to you in a while. But I do value talking with you, God. I do value prayer. And it'll turn into a lifestyle for you. From a value. 
Amen? So that's what we need to do. We need to ask God for these different topics that we're going we're gonna to discuss to ask him for it to be a value for us and not just something that we need to do and accomplish. Amen? So uh, can you put the first slide up, the values? So look, values equals lifestyle equals results. Now, it's pretty deceiving, the, the first one, in a way, because it has the thing that says results. But what I mean by that is that the person that has values and then they have a lifestyle from those values, they're not really concerned with the results, but they come, right? The second slide, I mean, the second line is when a person creates a task trying to have that lifestyle, and what they do is they do a behavior modification, and that has little to no results. I only tell you this because I've been there, right? So I'll give you an example of that. So just leave that slide up for me. So usually a task-driven person will start backwards. They'll, they'll do this. Are you with me? They'll do this. They'll, they'll go, man, that person is really prosperous. It's, I'm talking about generosity. And they'll say, I need to be more generous to be, so I can get some prosperity going over here. And so they'll start to be, try to be generous, right? So they, they now created a task for themselves. I got to be more generous because they want, they're focused only on the results. Are you with me? It's kind of like when you go on a diet to lose weight only and not to be healthy. There's a big difference. When you go on a diet and you're eating well just to lose weight for the wedding, right? I remember those days. And you're losing weight, but as soon as a year in marriage, I remember taking out the trash one day, and I'm like, what the heck? Where did this come from? Because I had created a task. It had been a behavior modification. I didn't value health. I valued getting into my suit, which became a task, which became behavior. Carlos is laughing. <laughs> which became behavior, and it had no long-term results that's really what it should say no long-term results it has short-term results are you with me when you when you have a value for example of worship you're like man i really truly value worship then you have a lifestyle of worship and worship is not singing and and praising in church worship is putting your whole attention on jesus all the time and telling him how beautiful he is all day right with your life, with how you do things, how you say hi to someone, how you shake someone's hand, how are you, God bless you, that's worship, amen? So you create a lifestyle of worship, and all of a sudden, what happens in worship, why do we always say, worship God, raise your hands, praise the Lord so that the depression goes away, sadness goes away, but that can go away with a simple, hey, how are you, God bless you, praise the Lord, you're worshiping God. Something happens. You're creating a lifestyle. Amen. Who wants to live that kind of lifestyle? Amen. So remember, it has to come from values. Now, the reason, the reason this is different even for me is because in most of our cultures, we don't really talk about values. Are you with me? We don't talk about this stuff. We don't sit down with the family and we say, hey, 
children, these are our values of our home. You know, we want you to grow up with these values. Amen? Or not, amen? We don't. So what happens to the person, they're trying to be, oh, I got to, the prosperity thing looks, sounds really awesome, and I really want God to bless me. <laughs> it's funny because I thought about it like this. And uh, I need to just give more, and, and all right, and I change my behavior. And, and no long-term results because I don't value true generosity. But when you value generosity, you value it. It becomes a lifestyle of giving, like you love to give. You're not worried about the results, but guess what? They come anyway. Amen? We are valuing, we can't value the results. We have to value the heart of the Father. When we are told, hey, you need to have more intimacy, right? You need to have more honor, and you need to pray more. And, and you need to be more generous. Uh, it's good intentions when the preacher says that. What he's trying to say is, I want you to value those things the way that God values them. When a church, this is a side note, but this is really important for our future. Are you ready? When a church is a value-driven church, then the church will create an atmosphere or like an ecosystem which brings kingdom results because it's driven by values. We all value the same thing. When we're, when we're together, right, we value community, we value family, we value worship, we value honor, right? We value these things so it creates an atmosphere, an ecosystem, and people are able to just walk in and be a recipient of that. Are you with me? All right. One amen. That's good. If you value being a son and a daughter, for example, then your lifestyle will follow you you will go to the Father and you will tell him anything. You know you have access to him. You, you know that, that he's the one that provides for you. You know you can ask him anything. You can confess anything in your heart. That you can just share anything from your heart to him because he's your father. And you know he has your back. So it becomes a lifestyle. And you're going to learn about that and what that looks like. Amen? So the question you have to ask in your heart is, not that, but do you have values? And what are they? What are the values that God has placed in you from his kingdom? And, and we're going to talk about those. We're going to talk about the ones that I mentioned, like hospitality, generosity, prayer, worship, creativity, expression, sonship, and intimacy. What united John and Jesus were the values they had to see the kingdom come repentance, prayer, intimacy, but their styles, their, the way they looked and the way they did it was different. You may, you may have like encounters in your car, for example, like yours truly, all the time in the car, right? Because, you know, I drive a, a lot or a long time, and there's a good time for me to just pray with God. Another thing I used to do is go for a walk, just go for a walk and talk with God and have encounters with God. For you, it might be that you actually need to set time aside and, and close your eyes. And, and some people don't even like to close their eyes. They're like, I'm not closing my eyes. I pray with my eyes open, right? Or I, I do this like this, and you do it like that. It doesn't have to look the same, but it has to be the same value to create the lifestyle. So you will get examples of that from speakers. You will, you will hear different examples of how they do things, but coming from 
the value that they have for it. Remember, this is all empowered by the Holy Spirit because you are filled with him to have these values and you have a new life in Jesus Christ. Amen. Can you go to Romans 14? Yeah, well, Romans 14, 17 and 18. Let me know when you have it. If not, it's on the screen. It says, for the kingdom of God is not a matter of what we eat or drink, but a living a life of goodness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. <laughs> so Jesus was eating and drinking. John was not eating and drinking. But the kingdom is not eating and drinking. The kingdom is a life, a living a life of goodness. Say goodness. Say peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. This is the result of having values from him and having a lifestyle from him. I love this version because it says a life of goodness. I know the other ones say righteousness. I love this one. It says goodness, peace, and joy. Serve God and others from values that come from the Holy Spirit. This is kingdom. And the result will be this, goodness, peace, joy. Like I said earlier, every group, every family, every organization, every church, every community, every group of people have values. They have values. They just don't write them down. They don't talk about them, but they do have them. They might even be negative values, values that are not even according to what the word teaches. They might be different, but they value it regardless. It doesn't have very good results when they're negative, but everyone has values. Amen? So why don't you close your eyes? We're going to do a declaration in just a second, but I want you to just close your eyes. And we're going to pray that God would give us just the, just the, uh, just give us the revelation of the values that you have. I think the first thing that I hear the Spirit saying right now is that some of you, sometimes you feel like you're not valuable yourself. So we're going to pray for that first. We're going to pray so that you can see the value that you have in Him. So I want you with your eyes closed because I want to, I want to ask people to raise their hand if, if this is the case. So if you could just all close your eyes and give privacy to everyone, please. If you by any chance feel right now like you're unworthy or you don't have value in your life, can you please raise your hand? I just want to pray for you. No one's watching. Amen. Sometimes you feel unworthy. You could put your hand down if you already put it up. If not, there's still opportunity for you. If you feel that you don't have value, Raise your hand. Okay. Thank you. So just keep your eyes closed. I'm going to pray for you. I want you to put your right hand on your heart. <clears throat> I want you to start receiving a sense of value in your life. 
begin to receive value. You're valuable to God. I know the world has treated you bad. Family has treated you bad. But you're valuable to God. You're valuable. He gave his life for you. Receive. Receive now. Receive value from God. Why don't you get on your feet, church, please? We're going to pray to end service, but before we do that, I want you to do this declaration with me. I'm going to read the first line, and you repeat it loudly, okay? I value what my father values. Come on, louder. His heart is important to me. I live a new life in Jesus. A new life in his kingdom. My lifestyle will reflect his heart. Holy Spirit will empower me to transform this world with his love. Why don't you close your eyes and you tell him, I value what you value. Tell him, I value what you value, Father. I value what you value, Lord. Yes, God. Yes, Lord. Thank you for listening to the Grace and Love podcast. We hope you were blessed by this message. If you have a prayer request, we would love to hear from you. Please feel free to contact us. And if you're in the LA area, we would love to meet you. We have services Sundays at 2 p.m. and Fridays at 8 p.m. We are located at 1900 Medford Street, Montebello, California, 90640. Thanks again, and God bless you.